are Super Bowl champions. Oh. Eagles fans oh. everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. What's your point? Everybody wonders why we're so mean. If I don't eat breakfast, I'll fucking piss off. Bring that beat back. What is up, everybody, and welcome into a new episode of the Jetro Podcast. The Philadelphia Eagles are officially undefeated since we started this podcast. 1-0, 1-0, baby. You guys are welcome for that. We're going to get into a whole lot of Eagles talk, as well as everything surrounding the game and the NFL in total. But before we do that, Connor, I have some exciting news. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are not only streaming live on Twitch, we are also streaming live on YouTube my personal Facebook page, and Periscope right now, so you can watch us on four different platforms right now. So we got a lot of stuff live streaming. Really appreciate you putting that together for us, Natty. Uh, You can see us a bunch of different ways now, get a look at what we're doing in the studio, get a listen to what we're talking about, and we have a jam-packed show with everything that's going on, from the birds to the tennis balls to Mike Scott to Antonio Brown to everything that's going on in the wide world of sports right now. Uh, before we do that, we do need to take a second. Um, just the gravity of the situation is important, even 18 years to the day. Uh, we'd like to just take a moment of silence for remembrance of 9-11. 18 years ago today was September 11th, 2001. Uh, so we're just going to open the show with a moment of silence. All right, appreciate you guys taking that time with us. Uh, of course, it's something that we're always going to want to remember. We remember all the sacrifices that were made that day and days after retaliating to that terroristic act. So we appreciate everything that everyone's done. And we're all big USA guys here, right? Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's Look. crazy to think about even 18 years later. It's, you know, days like that are the reason why I don't have bad days. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, this is a light sports podcast. We're going to keep it light. It's just important on a day with as much historical significance, patriotic significance, and remembrance as this one that we take the time to acknowledge. Uh, now, just moving on from that, getting into the Eagles game. So, football season is officially back. It's a great, a great feeling. I mean, what was your guys? I want to, I want to open up with an idea of what your guys' Sunday was like. As you got ready to watch the birds play for the first time, and yeah, we had that Thursday night game. It was kind of dog shit. Like, how was what was Sunday like for you? Well, Sunday most of uh, most of what I did before starting the game, I was driving back. I was driving back from Baltimore, so like the airways that I was listening to, they were talking about the Ravens. Like, I don't want to listen to the Ravens. Like, but that was all that was available for me right now. So it was just like torturing myself through the Ravens pregame just to get home. You know, watch it the second I got home. Uh, turned the game on. It was like an hour of pregame stuff, and then the game turned on. So, okay, like you did get home before the game. Started. I did get home before okay, the game good. started. I, got I was home. about to call major violation. No, 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 no. I got home about an hour before the game started. So, I got you. Okay, cool. How about you, Kev? I genuinely don't remember Sunday. What do you mean? I just okay. don't remember Sunday. What? Uh, well, why not? <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't do. How any... crazy did you get? How drunk were you? Uh, no, I, I I wasn't drunk. I didn't do anything. Are you so sure? Dude, yeah. It was three days ago. I don't remember. Um, Did you watch football? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I have no <laughs> idea. I really. Did you don't go remember. to work? I didn't work. 
Okay, I didn't work Sunday. No, okay. Were you in the hospital? Because you've been having some health issues lately. We're glad you're back. Do you know where you were on Sunday? (laughs) I don't know. That's going to be a hard no. Dude, are you Uh, good? Oh, no, no. Okay, I do remember. I played soccer Sunday. Okay. That's all I remember. That's all you remember. That's all I remember. You don't remember anything else at all. I don't remember a single thing. Dude, you got to get one of those apps that, like, trades your brain or something, man. (laughs) It's just Sunday. I can tell you what I did Saturday and Monday. Don't remember Sunday at all. So Kev was, what, Kev was so excited about football, he just blacked out. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Can totally relate. I'm sure a lot of people were uh, were that hyped. Um, did you guys like? So did you catch Natty? I know Kev probably didn't watch, but did you catch any of like the four o'clock games? Did you catch other one o'clock games? Were you flipping in between anything? Mm-mm, no. The only I heard about uh, the Cowboys Giants game, but I didn't watch a single second of that. But all, all I was focused on were. Eagles, Redskins. Gotcha. I was at the link, and I also hung out for a little bit afterwards, so I didn't get home until about like 5.45. So I missed the first half of the 4 o'clock, and I didn't see basically a bit of the 1 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we'll get into the Eagles game, but Nick Foles breaking his collarbone right off the bat? That's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, ugh, that sucks for him. How he much finally gets a chance to be a franchise quarterback like for an extended period of time and immediately breaks his collarbone. What was his contract worth? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, collarbone is he'll be back next year and it was a multi-year contract, so it's not that, that's not a big deal. The downside of this, well, I don't care about the Jaguars. That's why I don't give a shit about his contract. Downside is just like, ah, oh, he's such a great guy. He had such a great opportunity. Their season's over now. But more importantly to us as Philadelphia fans, I never want to see any Philly athlete that we hold close like Nick Foles uh, get hurt like that. So thoughts and prayers to Nick Foles. Sorry, Jacksonville. Your team was probably going to suck anyway, but now you're really, really going <laughs> to suck. Uh, yeah, so, how much was Foles really going to save that team, though? Yeah, like I mean, it was going to make them better, but not not make them Super Bowl worthy. Yeah, outside of that, not too big of news around the NFL in the other games uh at least the one o'clock ones so uh let's talk birds winning 32 to 27 you could kind of feel a little uneasiness when i was when i was tailgating everything's good we had a great tailgate we were out there since like um we got there at like 9 30 and got after it i uh, got a pretty good buzz going had the sprint to our seats because the lines were longer than we thought but made it by kickoff but there was sort of, like, when you're getting into the stadium, an uneasiness, almost like we knew we were going to be a little bit rusty from preseason. A little bit of a feeling out process. Yeah. Uh, but it's a tale of two halves, and we'll get into that. We're going to do the kind of overview first, the big stuff first. 32-27 are predictions from last week. Let's see what we got. We'll see who you guys think was the closest on this one because I, I've already yeah. done the math. So, Nat had 49-17. to 17. Yeah, I wasn't close by any means. I underestimated the Redskins, obviously, and, of course, overestimated the Eagles. But You, know, you had they a scored, lot of faith in, like, seven touchdowns. But had they scored three more touchdowns, you know? If they had woken up and played the first half? <laughs> that first that first half, you know. See, I didn't expect that first half going the way it did. But then again, I don't think yeah. a whole lot of people did. So. No, absolutely not. Uh, B-Ford had it 28-14. to 14. Not Not terrible. Four yeah, points no. off on the uh, on the bird score, not bad at all. Um, and he was thirteen points off on the Redskins. We all kind of undervalued the Redskins, but that's just typical bias. Kevin, yep, said seven. 
A bold Just prediction, I seven. thought. Incredible, incredible prediction. This week when we predict, we're going to try and get two scores out. Okay. Of it, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> this, this time I know what's happening. So okay, why so. did you – I got to ask you this. Why did you say just seven? I know you, you had um, a little bit of a health scare last week, so you probably weren't you know all mentally well, there. But wh- so, why the prediction of just seven? Also, I kind of zoned out for a little bit. To be on, to be 100% honest, so we you woke probably, you up Aren't you producing this show? I am, but I, I was on the phone. Speaking of which, where's B Ford? Uh, he's got a call. Oh, yeah, well, sorry. So Brennan isn't in right now. He may be calling in in a little bit. So if you don't hear him, that's, that's why. Just a little bit late. Slept in too much. Also, I was doing the movie review of that Twitch. Oh, right, chat. right, right. Oh, that's what? fair. That's fair. Oh, yeah, he was in the yeah, middle of guy. some hour long video <laughs> from some weirdo on Twitch. <laughs> okay. Well, you got a chance to make up for it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, hello? I was checking the comments. For <laughs> <laughs> the audio was coming through. Is there another My movie? bad guys. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we're also it's streaming just... ourselves on Twitch because we're, we're a little bit vain. On Twitch, um, Facebook, yeah. So I'm yeah. just checking the comments in case gotcha. you know anyone says you know why like why the heck mm. does Connor look like he's coming from a. Uh, from the movie Deliverance right now, so. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen to this one, boys. Final score of the game is 32-27. I had him at 31-10. to 10. So Dang. I was off on the Redskins, big time. We all undervalued the Redskins. And actually, total points off, Brennan was one point closer to the score than me. But being that I was one point off from the bird score, I'll take, I'll take that as not a bad week. Yeah. We'll we'll have to see how we do in this week uh, coming up. But I know my birds. I, even if I can't predict what the other team's going to do, got a good feeling about where this team stands right now, and it's in a pretty good place. Uh, so we're going to go into the game recap, uh, jump into the first half. So you come out, you show up first half. It's your home stadium. You have Super Bowl aspirations. Week one, playing a division opponent who is not good at football, and you come out. And you give up. Immediately, Vernon Davis just goes like a billion yards, hurdles like two people, and scores literally maybe the best touchdown of week one, and it's not being talked about at all. That was ridiculous. He hurdled into another guy, didn't get tackled because Andrew Sandejo sucks, and we'll talk about that. The Sandejo era did not start off well at all. He's garbage. But, I mean, Vernon Davis goes off on us. Then... I think the next one was the blown coverage where they just had a dude wide open deep or they also just like ran one down our throat and then took one deep on us. Either way, the skins go up 17 to nothing. Oh, no, you know what it was? They scored that Vernon Davis. They kicked a field goal. And then they go up and they hit that deep shot on us where no one was in 10 yards of the guy. And that was, if I remember correctly, I think it was Rasul Douglas who just got absolutely toasted on that play. So we'll talk about biggest winners and biggest losers. I think you can already see where we're going with the the worst performance of the week. But that first half, I mean... It wasn't looking too hot. We were in trouble. And then we've got about five minutes left in the second quarter. Birds have the ball. We know we're getting the ball back. This is literally like you've got to make something happen so that you can have some momentum going into halftime. And Deshaun Jackson gets loose for the first time in, what's it been, five years? Oh, my goodness. I, I was young when he was on the team. I wasn't that young. I remember seeing him play. I he remember only played vividly, through, like, 2013, right? Yeah, but I remember vividly, like, watching him play on TV, a little bit less so in the stadium because I feel like 
TV, you get such, you see highlights, you see the same thing over and over again. It kind of sticks in your memory a little bit more than when you're at the stadium. But seeing that guy take the top off a of defense is just, especially both of his touchdowns were scored going away from me. I was in the upper decks, and you could just see him have a step on a guy and just take it to the house. 51 yards, beautiful ball from Carson Wentz, too. It's really easy. Sometimes it's hard to figure out when momentum swings in a football game. It was so easy to pinpoint. The stadium woke up. People were saying, normally like when you score and you're down 17 to now 7 against the Redskins in the first half and you're supposed to be smoking them. It's like, oh, we got to sing the fight song a little bit. And it's kind of like, But with the way the Eagles offense was stacked up. Well, I mean, there just, was there was a just lot of Deshaun and a fifty-one yard bomb, and Wentz making a great throw after like stepping up in the pocket. Everything about it was just like, okay, we're awake now. That first quarter and half of the second quarter was preseason for Carson and the rest of the offense and Deshaun and all those guys. But it was a beauty, and they woke once, up. once they started waking up. Yep. Then they go into halftime, they come back out, and they just start demolishing the Redskins when they get the ball back. I think they scored on three straight drives, maybe three of four. They ended up putting up, um, what was it, 25 unanswered points. And another Deshaun Jackson bomb, a great throw from Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey. I really, really wish, because Alshon had that little screen pass. It ended up being a rushing touchdown for Alshon. Uh, They throw that. Even half a yard forward, Wentz comes out of here with four passing touchdowns. And then we don't have to hear all this bullshit about how Dak Prescott threw four passing touchdowns because Wentz would have done the same thing. But it doesn't matter either way. Um, Alshon with a pair. Deshaun with a pair. I mean, Miles Sanders had one that got called back, but he looked good. Uh, one little thing from the game that I do have to bring up, bring in uh, – I know I said I, I know my birds, and I predicted the 31. They scored 32. We're sitting up there. It's third and 10. This is Deshaun's second touchdown. And we're looking at it. And I was literally sitting in my seat. I saw it on third and 10. Look at my two buddies I was with. I was like, yo, they're running two deep zone, Tampa two. They've got Ertz, and, uh, Ertz on the field. I think uh, Alshon was far side. And then you had Deshaun and Nelson. Or maybe it was Deshaun and Alshon and then Nelson on the far side. Either way, I, I literally called the routes. I was like, you're going to have Deshaun deep seam. Carson's going to get him. Bang. Touchdown. Right off the bat. It's crazy. Absolute Pre- beauty Predicted right there. it to a T. So, uh, you man. couldn't make it any prettier than that. No, absolutely not. And that was, that was a great ball by Carson. Both of these deep balls were right on him. You see it all the time with Deshaun. If you go back and watch his highlights, him having to slow down to uh, come back and adjust the balls. And sometimes he still makes a move and like beats a guy and takes it to the house because he's one of the great deep threats of all time. But these are... The first one, right on his face mask, right in stride. The second one, over the outside shoulder with the inside safety help. Like, if you think now that Carson Wentz can't throw a deep ball, I don't know what to tell you. You're delusional. Because clearly, he's got the arm strength, they're building the chemistry, and he's got one of, if not the premier deep threats in the National Football League on this team. So, they look great. Alshon's still the same guy. Uh, It's great to have him instead of missing six weeks like he did last year. Ertz didn't score. Goddard didn't score. None well, was, of the running backs scored. It was the Deshaun show. Right. But I'm just saying, think about all the other weapons they have that can score multiple times in a game for these guys. Carson didn't run any of it. Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar. 
these guys didn't score, and they can all put up points like nobody's business. This team's so stacked offensively that they put up 32, and they still had guys that very much underperformed. They had like four or five guys on offense that underperformed the expectations. Well, so, they underperformed the expectations, but I mean, when you have uh, like Deshaun Jackson as your number one star yeah. of that game, with how many touchdowns he scored? He scored three touchdowns? Two. Two touchdowns. Yeah. No, I'm not saying – I'm just saying their projections, they underperformed. They didn't have bad games by any stretch. My point is these weapons, the ceiling for this team offensively is ridiculous, man. It's like they could put up 60 points in a game. Your prediction of seven touchdowns is not going to be far off for a couple games this year. It wasn't in week one because they had a little bit of rust, but think about if they do that in back-to-back halves, which we know they're capable of doing. This team's going to be – very, very good. The one thing they didn't do has me a little bit worried. They didn't cover the spread. So nope. <laughs> a great man a great man once said, Good teams win, great teams cover. So it was nine and a half. Birds needed to win by ten or more. Going into the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter, the score was thirty two to twenty. Time was winding down. The Redskins are driving. They're on like the their own 45, I think it was. Everyone's basically leaving the stadium because there's like three minutes left. We Game's over. There's no shot that they come back. If they score, if they even score, they're going to have seconds left. And even if they get the onside kick, they got to go back down and score. There was no shot that this game, that they were coming back in any capacity. And this dude behind us starts freaking out because he's like, they're going to kick a field goal. They're going to cover the spread. A field goal there, uh, the Redskins cover by one point. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, well, they're down this much. They're down 32-20. to Two-score game, you got to get the touchdown first because you're not going to have time to drive. You want to leave that uh, the field goal for you later. So they've literally got to drive down, score a touchdown to cover the spread. Drive down and with literally less than a minute, they they punch in punch in the winning touchdown and hose this guy on his bet. So a lot of unhappy fans who had the Eagles uh, minus nine and a half. Those backdoor covers are brutal, especially in the NFL when you've got Jim Schwartz playing a prevent defense, not caring whether or not they score, and you just have to watch the other team march down the field. So a uh, little undertone of the game. I like to see these teams cover when you're rooting for a team like. You're rooting for the Sixers, or less so in baseball, but and I don't know about hockey. But basketball, football, your team covering is honestly a really good indication of whether or not you're good. If we had played a first half, we would have covered. But we'll get into a little bit more gambling here in a second. Just a, a shame that the Eagles didn't cover the spread. Um, we'll go through uh, and do best and worst performance of the week. So looking back at this game, there's a pretty obvious choice of who had best performance of the week. Uh, I want to see who you have first, Natty. So we're talking about just this Eagles game, right? Just this Eagles game. I got to go Deshaun Jackson. It was the Deshaun show. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'd love to give it to Carson. Uh, you could make an argument for Carson throwing three touchdowns and being, I think it was 11 for 12 with three of those touchdowns on uh, third down. So he's looking like MVP Carson Wentz again. There's a lot of great nuggets from this game on why – the Eagles won how Carson was so, so good and the rest of the Eagles offense too. But you come back, you play your first game back in the city that drafted you and you ended up scoring two touchdowns, basically sparking the comeback and 
almost carrying this team single-handedly to victory. Like, without that um, garbage-time touchdown, it would have been Deshaun with 14 points just himself. Jake Elliott kicked a field goal. So they would have been within three just on Deshaun. Like, he, he carried this team. And that's what you need. You need a guy who's motivated to give us that spark to start the year off. Uh, so I don't think there's any doubt that that's our uh, best performance of the week, worst performance of the week. Uh, now, keep in mind, guys, I'm football dumb, but it was glaringly obvious to me that the worst performance of the week, Andrew Sandejo, because had he made that tackle, then the Redskins probably would not have performed as well in that first half as they did. But they had that momentum going in with that first touchdown because Andrew Sandejo, along with two other guys, just completely missed Vernon Davis. So you got you to gotta make that tackle, man. Like, come on. I'm football dumb, and even I know that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to go even one step bigger than that. The entire Eagles secondary just had such a bad day. Vernon Davis, I'm pretty sure he was playing back when the field goal posts were still in the front of the end zone. Like, this dude's old as dirt. He's hurtling people and running through people. And outside of him, name another wide receiver on – well, he's a tight end. Name another wide receiver on the uh, Redskins. I can't think of one. Darius Geis hurts his ACL – or not ACL, but he hurt his leg somehow. I don't know. I think it's a knee injury. Adrian Peterson didn't play. and these guys, He was a healthy scratch. Yeah, I mean, you know they're going to throw the ball. You know it. We've got good front seven work. All you guys have to do is lock down some bad receivers, and we're fine, and they just couldn't do it. Next week, we've got Julio. We've got Calvin Ridley. And we got Matt Ryan throwing to him. That's going to be a tough matchup for this secondary. And if we're going to lose this game, it's by letting those guys get loose on us. Their defense, yeah, it's good. But we're, we're going to put up points. We can put up points on anyone in the NFL. Best defense, we can run with them because we have, for my money, the best offensive unit in the NFL. But that secondary was very, very bad on Sunday, especially in the first half, just getting beat deep. And we need guys like Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas to not get beat over top, especially when you're sending Malcolm and Rodney on blitzes and you're trying to stack the box and you're trying to get pressure on a guy like Case Keenum who does not do well when you blitz him. Yeah, so. and our, def- our defense has to be more than Fletcher Cox. We need more oomph. We need more momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have a tremendous offense, but you know what if our offense has – a rough game. We're going to need our defense to bail us out, and we can't rely on a weak defense to do that. Yeah. That being said, again, when you put up 25 unanswered, it means your defense is stopping them a couple times in a row. They had a good second half. They looked like a great team in the second half. They looked like a team that the Redskins didn't deserve to be on the field with, which is how it should be. But what if it was a closer game? What if Deshaun didn't get that extra touchdown? What if it was... Like, what was the score when Deshaun got that second touchdown? The second touchdown would have been, so it was Deshaun the first one, then Alshon again. So it would have been 14 to, what they have, 17. They got, that was the, that was what broke the tie, right, at that point? 14, yeah, Deshaun's second touchdown broke the tie. Yeah, and then we kicked a field goal, and then we had Alshon's other uh, rushing. So what do you think would have happened had he not got that second one? I mean, I still think they beat them. It's hard to say had he not got that second one. Like, he made the play, he caught it. Like, they, if they don't go to him there, they drive down the field. They completely dominated that football game. And I don't think the offensive uh, game there, whether Deshaun catches that or not, affects how the defense plays the rest of the way. Fact is, the defense in the second half gave up a garbage-time touchdown, and that's essentially it. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hitting the panic button by any means. But if you have to nitpick and find some unit 
or some person who just didn't show up. Secondary didn't do it for me. And this week, going down to Atlanta, seeing a team that has a really good passing offense, you're going to need them to wake up. But I trust them. We've played Atlanta well. The last two times we've seen Atlanta, we're both in the link. We shut them down both times. So look for a low-scoring game here. That's what I'd be betting on. Um, you guys want to do our uh, predictions for Atlanta? So how well mm, – how stacked is Atlanta's defense? I'm going to say not very well because Matt Ryan had even, – even he had a rough game, right? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch. I haven't seen the highlights. Um, I'll go back and watch Minnesota-Atlanta in a little bit. They had a good secondary last year. The problem was they had like two guys tear their ACL against us in week one. So they lost their top two, I think it was two corners, right off the bat last year. I've heard they're supposedly pretty good in pass defense. Um, They're not a bad football team at all. A lot of people have them getting the wild card coming out of the South or maybe even winning that if the Saints fall off and if the Panthers don't perform. I mean, they're in the mix. Even though they got smoked by the Vikings week one, they still got the talent. So I don't think they're slouches. And the Vikings have a tremendous defense, right? They've got a very good defense. They also have a lot of weapons on offense if you look at them with – if you trust Kirk Cousins, then you've got Dalvin Cook. I don't want to call him the best. Well, you can't now because you've got um, Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman playing together. But one of the better one-two wide receiver punches in football, Stephon Diggs and uh, Adam Thielen. Kyle Rudolph's a good tight end for them up there. They've got talent in, on Minnesota's team. So Minnesota's going to surprise a lot of people this year. I feel like they do that every year where people think they're going to be a 500 ball club and they end up winning 10 or 11 games. But I think Atlanta's better than what they played in week one. I think Minnesota's pretty good. And I think Atlanta's going to give us a pretty good game down there. So what do you think for prediction, Natty? Even though it's going to be in Atlanta, I'll say both teams put up a pretty solid game offensively. So I'll say Eagles 35 and let's say Falcons 27. Okay. You're a big offense guy, dude. I am. Big offense guy. Well, here's... If the Eagles play, if, if, let's assume they got the rust off their shoulders coming into this Falcons game. Then they shouldn't have problems putting any numbers off the board, assuming they got the rust off their backs. Defense might be a little bit concerning, mm-hmm. um, but I still think they can at least hold uh, Ryan off a little bit. So I, got you. I still think the Falcons can put points on the, on the board against this team. I don't think they'll win, but I still think they can put points up. I get where you're coming from there. So 35-27, birds win, move to 2-0. Kev? I'm going to say 37-19. Eagles, 37. 37-19. Yeah. So let me go ahead. I know you're just pulling numbers out here. I'm going to yep. try. We're going to do a fun thing when Kev does his predictions where we try and figure out how they could possibly score that. So 37. <laughs> yep. 7, 14, 21, 28. Maybe miss an extra point, so we'll call it 27. Another touchdown and a field goal. So we're going to need... Five touchdowns, one with a missed extra point, and then a field goal for the Birds. Or we could do uh, four touchdowns, three field goals. See, the, the first number that I had in my head was 42, but I feel like that'd be a little too steep. I, I mean, it's your call. It's your prediction. Uh, and then for 19, we've got, what's that, two touchdowns and a field goal and a safety. Hey, you never yeah, know. Let me, let me you change, never know. Let me change my numbers. No, no, you're good. 37-19. You never know. I'm. It's not a conventional score, but every week you see yeah. scores that like aren't conventional. So you, yeah, I'm going for the weird ones. Yeah, no, I mean, ain't no problem know. with that. 
Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Better than seven. <laughs> so I think it's going to be just like how the Eagles and Falcons normally play. We've seen them play in the NFC Divisional round two years ago when the Birds made their Super Bowl run. Last year they played the opener, low-scoring game as well. I'm kind of with you guys. I don't think it's going to be low scoring again. Everyone's like, oh, they know how to beat the Falcons. They're going to go defensive against them, uh, possess the ball, good running attack. I do think we'll see a more steady dose of the run and try and get the running backs involved this week since they didn't really do too much against Washington. I'm going to go 28 to 14. Birds go ahead and win that game. Move to uh, 2-0. and Keep... The offense for Atlanta pretty much in check. Julio scores. Ridley scores. Actually, Julio doesn't score. Julio never scores. Um, get a rushing touchdown in there, and then Calvin Ridley also ends up getting one for him. But 28-14. Uh, but we all have the birds winning, moving to 2-0, right? Yes. yes. All right. 2-0 still remain undefeated. There it is. Before we move on to the next thing, we just got the weirdest comment, and let's see if, uh, let's see if we ever respond to this. So this person on Twitch, they're asking – I have a question for my geography class. I hope you can help me. Okay. Yeah. So they're asking. So people in Europe. We're big geography guys. Like people in Europe, like England, are called Europeans because they're part of the continent of Europe, right? Since Australia is a continent, what do you call people from New Zealand? Are they called Australians since they're next to Australia? No, they're Kiwis. They're Kiwis? They're Kiwis. 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 Why are they Kiwis? That's what people from New Zealand are called, Kiwis. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Are you... Are you bullshitting us right now, or no, is that swear, a real thing? I swear to God. Yeah, you guys don't know that? No. People from New Zealand are called Kiwis. Never I've never heard of that. Yeah. I was thinking they're Kiwis. Uh, New Zealanders. Well, yeah, know? that's the proper thing, yeah. but they're, they're Kiwis. It's like people from Australia are Australians, but you could call them Aussies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're Kiwis. Ah, okay. How do you spell that? Just like the fruit. Kiwi. Like the fruit, okay. Yeah. Kiwis. Shout know. out all our Kiwis if we got a New Zealand <laughs> guys. That's a weird, uh, yeah. That a was weird... the strangest question asked. I'm like, why are you asking us? We're appreciate we're your questions always, though, guys. Yeah, keep us on appreciate our toes. It. Check that knowledge. We're we're smart guys in here. Yeah, we got this. Um, okay, so moving on past uh, football and New Zealand and the Kiwis, uh, we are gonna do something new. So we were talking about a backdoor cover and the birds not covering the spread and everything. I think we should. Try a little foray into sports gambling. If you've followed some of my content and you've listened to some of the stuff I've uh, worked on over the years, uh, I'm big into sports betting. I'm not great at it. <laughs> I, know, I know what I'm talking about. I just, I don't know. I've, I've gotten smoked consistently for like two years now. But we're going to try our hand on this NFL season because gamblers don't quit. We're not quitters. We're going to come up with one as a show, though, for our Jetro Lock of the Week. So, as I'm looking this up, we're probably going to have to explain sports gambling, especially like football betting to you guys, right? Yeah. Okay. We're going to do a quick quiz. Do you guys know what money line means? No. No? Neither no. of you guys? So, what money line means is if you were betting Eagles versus Redskins, you took Eagles money line, that means you get no points whatsoever. So, it's if the Eagles win, you win your bet. Mm-hmm. If the Redskins win, you lose your bet. Doesn't matter by how much. So, Doesn't simple as that. It's one or 100. Straight up. Just okay. taking the Eagles. Now, against the spread, the spread is how many points a team is giving or getting. So, if the Eagles were minus nine and a half on Sunday, mm-hmm. that means you take the final score. So, let's say oh. they beat the Redskins 10 to nothing. 
as far as your bet's concerned, it's 10 minus the 9.5 points on the spread. So they beat the Redskins by a half a point to nothing mm-hmm. by betting standards. So you'd still win that bet. If they won by 9, then you wouldn't win your bet. It's always going to be a half point, so there isn't what's called a push, okay. at least for those bets. You have to bet over that amount is what you're saying? No, 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 no. You don't have to bet over that amount. I'm just going to say, like, there's always half points, so it's not like a team wins by three, and then everybody pushes. There's no point to doing that. Yeah. So it's going to be a half point, so they can't possibly land directly on that number. So other things you can bet on. There's things called prop bets, which are things like Deshaun Jackson, over 110 and a half yards. Carson Wentz, over one and a half yards passing touchdowns things like that so we can get in the prop bets for week one the first well week two but week one of the jetro lock of the week mm-hmm. and keep it easy we're going to find the betting lines we're going to either pick money line or go against the spread in one of the games off the top of your guys head any games that you think that you guys want to bet on if it comes to football i should just stick straight to eagles okay so let's look at the line for the eagles game so, when it comes to out of the four major sports, like when it comes to football, I'm easily the most football dumb. So that's why I say like I'm sticking to Eagles when it comes to betting, if I'm going to bet at all. Okay. Let's see what we got. NFL odds, Eagles versus Falcons. Let's see. So Eagles are showing – oh, wow. So they opened – and here's another thing. So betting lines open. That's when they first placed the – the spread and everything, they place the odds. Okay. So the Eagles opened at plus two and a half, which means they're underdogs on the road. Now, as bets come in, sportsbooks will change the odds depending on where the money goes. So they'll react to how the public's betting. The Eagles are now one and a half point favorites. So they're minus one and a half. Okay. So the scoring is so almost like golf where like negative is better? Sure, yeah. That's that's a way to look at it. Just think about it as subtracting the points from the total they score. Okay. So the Eagles have to outscore yeah. the Falcons by one and a half points. Now, one and a half in football, I kind of like to see it, especially in games like this. I kind of like to see it as a pick em. I'm not sure how many games were decided by one point in week one, but normally there's no scores of one point or more. Um, it's even the one like the Houston Saints game where there's the walk-off field goal that ended up being a two-point win. So at minus one and a half, basically you take the Eagles, you're getting the money line, so you're getting a straight-up bet with a little bit more added in uh, because if you bet the money line, you make less money because it's safer odds than if you take a team that's favored minus points. So what I would say, the good lock of the week, if we all think the birds are going to win, all right, our first ever Jetro Lock of the Week, Philadelphia Eagles minus one and a half at Atlanta. So we're looking for the Birds to win by two points or more. I mean, the Birds are going to win this game. They're going to win this game by, I think, more than a touchdown. Um, our predictions, we all have them winning by... By at least a touchdown. Yeah, more than a touchdown, more than a touchdown. More than, yeah, we all have them winning by like two scores, basically. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and put that in. Jetro Lock of the Week. Birds minus one and a half at Atlanta. We'll keep track, see how we do throughout the season. So I'll keep track of that with our score predictions. We aren't always going to do Eagles bets. Our goal is to try and give you guys actual locks that are going to make you some money. Feeling really, really good about this one. And we're only doing one a week, so it's going to be our safest possible bet. 
that's such a great Eagles line right there. If you could have gotten it back when they were plus two and a half, oh my goodness, that's no brainer, almost easy money. But minus one and a half, that'll be our first one. So lock that in. Go ahead, place your bets, make a little bit of money. Um, feel free to uh, go ahead and shout us out if you do win this bet, and we'll keep track of it, of course, and shoot some stuff out on Twitter to keep track of the game, let you guys know whether or not we're covering the spread, not just winning. Now, starting off, now for a guy who's new to football betting, to place my first bet, what what are some general tips you would recommend for actual place my first bet? Like, how much do you think I should bet? Um, like ten bucks. Ten bucks. Okay. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I mean, football normally you go a little bit higher because there's only sixteen games. So it's not like baseball where you can bet ten bucks a game every other day and make your money back and let it iron out over the course of a season. But it depends what you're looking to gamble to do. If you're looking to make good money. You find a game you like, and you put 250 on the Eagles minus one and a half. The other things you could do was like you could parlay. So you could put 20 bucks all together, but you could have the Eagles, the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Saints all to win. And they, all those teams have to win and win against the spread in a lot of cases with those picks. But you make significantly more money. On a $10.14 parlay bet, you might make $140 as opposed to the like, – $14 that you'd make on just a straight minus one and a half ten dollar bet so it all depends what you're looking to do for your first bet just put ten dollars on it see what happens so money line ten bucks uh no minus one and a half ten bucks is okay taken yep because with them they win by two points you make more money on that there's no real reason to take money line there i doubt it's rare that you're going to lose a bet by like one point like that and that line probably is going to shift. It's uh, Wednesday when we're recording this. By the time you see it on Saturday, Sunday, that line's probably going to shift. It may be birds three and a half. Uh, it may kind of push back to a pick em, depending on what happens over the course of the week. But that's, I think, a really, really solid bet for our first one. Hopefully we'll move to 1-0 in the year. Our goal is to go 15-0. So let's try. This is basically like a survivor pool. It's pretty easy when you make one safe bet a week. So keep an eye on that. Um, that's everything that we've got football-wise as far as the Eagles are concerned. <sighs> Do you guys want to talk Antonio Brown? I mean, I was mostly prepared to talk about this and, of course, the other elephant in the room, the the Mike Scott incident. So, Yeah, well... I think we kind of have to talk about it. Because... Okay, let's start Mike Scott. So that's... Because that has to do with the Eagles. If you I'm, haven't seen... I don't know anything about the Mike Scott. Okay, so Mike Scott's a Sixers player. He's a okay. Redskins fan. He went to the Eagles game, he tailgated, he got in a fight with fans because they were yelling at him about wearing Redskins stuff and uh, other alleged things. Uh, he got in a fight, he was like, actually throwing haymakers at oh. fans. Uh, so we fought one of our own professional basketball players. Oh, okay. What do you have on Mike Scott, Matt? See, the comment you made, like, we fought, it was, I'm not even so sure if we can say, like, we, because it almost makes it sound like the entire fan base, but it was just a couple of drunk idiots that for whatever reason tried fighting a guy who was like 6'9 and who could easily kick the crap out of him. Like, even if you tried surrounding him, I mean, you saw the video, people tried surrounding the dude and he was still able to like dodge him, throw some haymakers in self defense. I mean, it was, it was a stupid move by the tailgaters. Did you see the pictures of these idiots? Yeah. Oh my. The microphone God. guy? They're such. Oh my. Like, that's what the world sees when they think of Philly fans. That's some dude from some 
Got to apologize. Sorry about this. That's some dude from some basement in Delco who still lives with his mom and just has no idea what the hell's going on. He's sitting around just drinking sewer water and acting like a damn idiot. Did you see? These guys are just terrible faces of the uh, fan base. Did you hear one of them called into uh, the Mike Missinelli show? One of them called in? He called into the Mike Missinelli show saying he was one of the tailgaters from there. And he was like trying to defend himself. And Mike was just saying, it was like, okay, dude, like, why the coffin? Like, why the Sean Taylor jersey on the coffin? And did that you was not, not a know? Sean Taylor jersey. Well, it was not a Sean Taylor jersey. It was a Redskins jersey, right? It was a Redskins shirt, but there was an also an Eagles shirt on it. it. There was also an Eagles shirt on it. Yeah, that was, that's not true. It was not a Sean Taylor jersey. Yep, so that wasn't what started. I think there was something, I'm not sure if it was racial. I don't want to speculate on that. But there was just some disagreement between those guys. And they decided they wanted to try and, I don't know, if it was jump Mike Scott or just fight him, either way. But, yeah, no no Sean Taylor jersey or anything. I understand that. That would be ridiculous. But that's not not what happened there. Is Mike Scott from Philly or? Mike Scott's from Virginia. Oh, okay. Yep. So he's from around there. He's been a Redskins fan. He was very vocal on social media saying, I'm going to the game in Redskins gear. Like, I, okay. I root for my team. Another see one thing that concerns me is that did Mike Scott not know what he was getting himself into? See who gives a shit? Like, there's no reason to get in a. If you want to give him shit, give him shit. But he's a Philly athlete. He's rooting for his team. You know. Also, it's not Dallas, and it's not like he's from here and he plays here and he's like, I'm just going to pick the Redskins. He's from there. That's like if one of us got drafted to let's say go play baseball down in D.C. And we went to a Redskins game with an Eagles jersey on. But here's a better one. So, like Bryce Harper when he played in D.C. Let's say Bryce Harper is originally from Philly. He plays for the Nationals. He's like the face of that franchise, the face of that city. And he goes to a Redskins game wearing an Eagles jersey. You think they're getting in a fight with him? Well, weren't there a couple of Redskins fans that murdered a Dallas Cowboys fan? Or was it vice versa? The Cowboys fans murdered the Redskins that's, That's totally different. This is like a face of the city. This is one of the more beloved athletes in the city right now. Doesn't matter. You shouldn't be getting into anything by wearing a jersey to a team. You're like, right. To a team no game. one should. Like, if you want to wear an opposing team's jersey, fine. But the yeah. reality of the situation, I mean, like, unfortunately, like, there are a handful of fans, and this is everywhere, not just Philly, that just get way too drunk, especially home openers for football games, and they get rowdy whenever they see an opposing team's jersey. It's like the bull seeing red. Yeah. It's just that's all they see. I honestly think it's a non-story. I, I think everyone's making too big of a deal out of this shit. Now, if it was racially motivated somehow, uh, and I've heard like stuff about that, that's terrible. That should never happen anywhere, regardless of what team you root for or anything like that. There's no place for that at a Philadelphia sports tailgate. But guys get in fights all the time with people from other teams. Why? Just because it's like Mike Scott and he plays for the Sixers, now all of a sudden we're the worst fan base in sports. No, I mean, there was an altercation. Mike Scott's clearly fine. Uh, like, it happens. People get in fights. It's Mike Scott against Eagles fans. But that's not Mike Scott against, like, Sixers fans or anything, even though there is crossover there. Like, when Jaleel Okafor, like, knocked out the guy in Boston, everyone's cool with that because it's us against a Boston fan. But it's essentially the same thing. It's just guys fighting. But it happens everywhere. Just because there was a pro athlete from the city involved doesn't make it that crazy out of the ordinary. It shouldn't have happened. But shit, it's not as big of a deal as everyone's making it out to be. Well, what do you think is going to happen to Mike Scott? I how do you think I the six? Know. How do you think the Sixers are going to handle this? Because he's a high-profile figure. Yeah, it's not like he's just some random guy 
from DC's Born to Redskins. No, this is Mike Scott from the 76ers, and he got into an altercation with the fans. I don't know, man. Not saying, I, I'm, it's not his fault. It's clearly not his fault. Yeah, but I don't think something might happen. It doesn't matter if it's his fault or not. If something happens, as a result, something's going to happen. The NBA may suspend him. I, I don't know. The Sixers may suspend him. I have no idea. I don't think it'll be anything big. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. It's a little slap on the wrist. Yeah. I think it was just a normal altercation in a parking lot. And everyone's making a big deal because of the situation surrounding it. But the truth of the matter is, it's just guys getting in a little fight. Shit happens. Everyone moves on. It shouldn't happen. It's going to. Now, the reasoning for the fight aside, and I'm not going to go into that because I don't know. We may never know. Shit happens at tailgates. Everyone came out all right. Get over it and move on. Try not to fight our own athletes anymore. (laughs) Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. And... We're not going to get into a debate on this next one because everyone stands pretty much on the same side of this shit. But the Antonio Brown saga. It, just when you think it can't get any crazier, it gets crazier. I can't keep up with this anymore. I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's got to be fake. And then the more and more you read this, it's just like, how does this get any more wild? Every day. It's something new. Literally every day. If you take a look at the Antonio Brown timeline, it's not even just by the day. It's by the half day. It's almost like every six hours at this point, there's something new that pops up about this crazy dude. It's absurd. This is like, just run through the timeline. So he leaves Pittsburgh. He goes to Oakland because he's basically estranged from Pittsburgh and he's trashing Roethlisberger and Juju and the whole franchise and everyone from Pittsburgh. Goes to Oakland, burns his feet off, skips training camp, misses stuff, has all the helmet incident, misses more practices, gets fined, posts the fine on Instagram, gets in a fight with Mike Mayock, calls him a cracker, (laughs) calls his GM a cracker. Like, are you kidding me? To me... I thought that was the funniest shit yeah, when I, don't I heard that. Listen, See, nobody, it, no one really cares about that word. That's just absurd. It's just like, like the F word doesn't offend me. The, like, the, not the F-U word. That one doesn't offend me at all. But I'm still, like, you can't call your boss. You can't say, <laughs> hey, F you to the boss. Like, you just can't do it. Nah. It's not because the word, like, bothers me. It's just, it's absurd. F-U and you, that's, cracker. that's insane with with the word cracker is yeah. a racial slur like here's here's the it's the least offensive yeah. racial I mean, slur there is like we don't care if someone calls me a cracker the worst it is to me is rude like if anything yeah. i'm gonna laugh it off it's like really someone actually just called me this unironically yeah we all know that word doesn't carry any real yeah. no so that aside though it's more comedic than anything at this point <laughs> and then he goes on instagram he ets the raiders and asks for his release which is just it's a wonderful world that we live in that you this could go on like a social media platform and just at your team and just be like, yo, get me out of here. This is on his own YouTube yeah. channel, by the way. Yeah, that, which, well, he posts the conversation of the re- recording between him and Gruden, so he's re- he secretly records his coach's uh, phone call to him. Who's making these videos for him? Because I doubt, he got I some doubt video someone taught him how to whatever. use Adobe Premiere. No, he's got this some isn't video. him doing this. Yeah, he's got some guy. He's got a whole team. I, I got... One of two things: either A, he's clowning around, or B, there's something seriously wrong with no, him. No, he's seriously nuts. Oh, he's he's, ser- he's yeah. crazy, dude. Okay. Something's seriously wrong with him. He has some head injury or something. He's mentally messed up. Yeah. But then he gets released. Then he goes to New England. He can't play in Week One because he got signed too late. And now this comes out about allegations of sexual assault from a former trainer that he had in Pittsburgh. That he, oh. Yeah. So the timing on that's weird. 
the whole thing's crazy. God only knows what's coming next. But how many how many concussions has he had? Uh I can think of like two. That, that's a good fat check. Yeah, I can think of like two off the bat. And I think they're both against Cincinnati, and they're both from Vontaze Perfect. He so he was on the Raiders with him. He uh. was like holding him back when he got in like the altercation with Mike Mayock. So the dude who like might have made him crazy was uh, the whole thing is just it's an absurd sports story. So it's the greatest soap opera in sports right now. <laughs> Absolutely love it. We're gonna keep glued to the TV and all social media to see what happens. <sighs> I mean, opinions on it aside. It's just it's just nuts. It's just something that it's insane to follow. This is why people have really gotten into sports in the 21st century and in the social media era because there's always going to be an insane, crazy, like soap opera-like story coming out of one of these major sports leagues that you can follow. And right now, the prima donna is Antonio Brown. So we'll keep an eye and see. And now the drama has entered Bill Belichick world. Yeah, so you got that whole. That's the only downside of him going to the Patriots in my mind. I don't. I'm not worried about the Patriots still. I don't know that'll play, but New England is a media dead zone, and it kind of sucks because I like hearing this news come out. If anything, they'll just keep it interior. They'll. They're not going to let this leak to the press or anything, which is a shame because I want to follow it more. It's like if you. I don't watch this show. But if you recorded The Bachelor and then just didn't show it to anybody, like if you're going to record reality TV or if you're going to have this crazy drama going on, let the people see it. But you know how I mean, the Belichick enough, regime is and everything. But still, enough crazy, enough crazy stuff has happened with the Antonio Brown drama already, even before this latest thing. I'm not fully convinced that Antonio Brown isn't going to leak stuff to us. You know what I mean? I think we're going to see plenty of coming out of the world of Patriot land right now. I don't know, man. With how crazy like, this whole thing has already been. The only thing that's ever gotten out of Patriots camp, like ever, is literally Aaron Hernandez had to kill multiple people for us to hear bad stuff coming out of the Patriots locker room. Uh, I think they're going to try and sweep this up pretty well, and they're masters at it. So if anyone can do it, they can. Uh, we'll stay tuned to see if anything else comes out. Um, let's get into a little bit on the uh, the Philadelphia tennis balls. Our professional baseball team. I was laughing earlier because I saw the tennis balls and I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not even typing that word. But they're still I mean, they're still jinx. They did the same exact thing. We recorded the podcast, they lost like three games, and now they've like won they've won two of their last three. They're it didn't work. Our our uh, not, our pseudonym didn't work. Maybe I'm gonna stick with it because I don't wanna go I don't even know what to do at this point. <laughs> Here's some news. Christian Yelich, who's on the Brewers who were the team right in between the tennis balls and the last wild card spot team, which is the Cubs, he's done for the year. He's potentially the MVP. He's out. Their season's pretty much over. That's the only other team in between us and being the first team out. So that's another hurdle that we may have just got over. Right now, let me double check. I think they're two games out, two and a half I think two out. and a half. Two and a half out with the next seven games, I think it is, being either against the Braves, so they finish up against the Braves, then they have the Red Sox, then they have a three-game against the Braves again. Those are tough teams. This is why everyone was saying the tennis ball schedule is too tough for them to get in. I fully agree, and the Braves have looked like a much better team than us essentially since late June. Yeah, even if even if they get in, I don't have a whole lot of hope for this team right now. Yeah, but stuff keeps happening that keeps them alive, so we're going to continue to – 
follow along at a distance. Not giving too much time on the show today because we've already done a lot of football, and it's mainly football at this point. Uh, our boy Scotty Kingry hitting inside the parker last night, though. That was a beauty right there. It's pretty cool. Unbelievable. The way he hustled. The, my favorite part was the brave center fielder. He thought he had it. He got like, yeah, I fucking got it. And then he just slips out of his head like, oh, uh, oh shit, hold on, guys. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. And he was like trying to say the ah, we love Scotty. Love to see him hit inside the Parker. So that's great. Friend of the program, Scott Kingery, um, with the inside the Parker to help them win last night. That ended up being a difference in the game for the tennis balls. But again, tough rest of the way. So we'll we'll keep an eye out. I'll be at the game Saturday and Sunday to watch the Red Sox. Uh, one of my uh, one of my buddies in maybe throwing for the Red Sox at some point this weekend. Ooh. So that'll be cool. So we'll report back on that if that does happen. Maybe we can try to get him on the pod. Yeah, potentially. We could try and get him in here. Uh, and then just a little bit of basketball news. I'm not sure if you guys saw earlier. Uh, Team USA lost to France in the FIBA World Cup. That's the first time in like, I think it was like 29 games or something that an NBA player team, so a team with NBA players on it, has mm-hmm. lost in an international game. That team was mostly Boston Celtics. Like that, that team was comprised of like all the people that uh, NBA fans say Ben Simmons is not as good as and the Boston Celtics and watching them lose is just, it's great. So the Celtics are going to absolutely stink this year. It sucks for team USA that we can't beat goddamn France, but Hey, what are you going to do? It's nice to see the Celtics kind of fall apart and know that they don't really have a young core for uh, Kemba to join. So a little good nugget for Sixers fans. Uh, do we have anything else, any shit we did this weekend or anything else we want to get to? Um, I started at the trampoline park. Oh, nice. How was that? Uh, <clears throat> it sucks. <laughs> Why does it suck? Just going to get a flat out there. It's... I love trampoline parks. You get to jump around and shit though. Yeah, but working there, it's so boring. It's like watching paint dry and then having a little kid run up to you. I need a bandaid. <laughs> oh, hold on. I got to finish watching this paint dry. Then I can get you a bandaid is what it's like. You don't get to jump on the trampolines at all? I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah, jump on the trampolines. That'd be dope. I mean, well, okay. So the the first night I worked, I worked a Saturday, and they have the thing where at 9 o'clock they turn the lights off, and, like, everything's glow in the dark. Oh, that's awesome. This sounds like the best job ever. It was until kids started chasing me. So for a good hour, I was getting chased by kids. What do you mean you were getting chased? They took the dodgeball balls out of the dodgeball, and and they they were just throwing them at me and just chasing me. All right. What you need to do is you need to bring your boy in here, and I'll start throwing dodgeballs at them. It'll be game on. Yeah. You take 80-mile-an-hour dodgeballs to the face, you're not going to want to chase anybody <laughs> anymore. All right. Yeah, next time I get chased, I'll call you. Gotcha. How many uh, times did you work, though? Uh, so this week I worked I worked last night. Hmm. Um, any day during the weekday, dead. Perfect. Just you just no get, you get paid to hang out at a yeah. trampoline park. I get paid. To st- That's a great job. Yeah. I'll trade you. Yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll trade you if you want to like go sweep the floors at a bar. Well, I still have to do that, like clean up, like at the end. But I got you for like seven hours of my shift. I'm laying on the trampoline, just kind of hanging. That's around. awesome, dude. So, Love that shit. It's it's. I guess the more I talk about it, the more it's yeah, it's not better. bad at all. How about you, Natty? You do anything this weekend? I went down to Baltimore this weekend for the date. For the yeah, for the date. How'd it go? Good. Yeah. How was that? She the I, one? I thought it went really well. All right. Here's the thing. We're not dating, but there's no other girls I want to talk to right now. So, oh, okay, all right. So Nat's married. No, <laughs> happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yo, we're close. Cuffing season's coming up, so get ready out there. 
Uh, it's right around the corner. The leaves are starting to fall. I was walking my dog over in Jersey uh, yesterday. There were a bunch of leaves on the ground. I was like, false coming. Football season. Yeah. Cuffing season is right around the corner. So getting a quick jump on it. Yeah, appreciate the hustle, Natty. Glad for you, man. Um, I didn't really do too much at all. I went to the birds game. Um, got hammered at the tailgate. Took the entire Monday to just lay in bed and recover from that <laughs> one because it was a long weekend. Uh, my voice, thank God we're recording this on Wednesday because my voice was absolutely gone after the birds game. I couldn't talk on the way out Jeez. to the parking lot. So made it though, all recovered, made it through a good show. Uh, we didn't get Brennan in here at all. Do you have any fact check or anything for us, Kev? Uh, oh. The, Antonio Brown concussions? Yeah, his concussions. I need to look that up real quick. While we do that, I have a little bit of a message for Antonio Brown here. Boy, have you lost your mind because no, no, no. I'll help you find it. <laughs> He's uh, absolutely just gone crazy. Uh, and one of the more intriguing stories in sports. He's such a baby about it, too. He's so crazy. Apparently, he only has one concussion, uh, according to... Oh, no, no, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, no. One um, concussion? Just one. Apparently. Only one brain injury. Um, well, it says it was a brutal. Yeah, concussion. it was. It was Vontaze Perfect, I think, wild yeah. card round back in 2016. Yeah, yeah, 16. But, yeah, that that's all. It, the first thing I looked up. So, so wow. Okay. Well, hope your brain gets better, Antonio. Yeah. So you can stop being a little bitch. No, he's too much of a bitch. <laughs> oh, no. oh man finally got to use that antonio brown is too much of a bitch well there it is nailed it a lot of football it's going to be football heavy the rest of the way next week we're going to be talking week two we're going to be talking gambling hopefully we made you guys some money hopefully the birds are two and oh hopefully the tennis balls are still in the playoff race got a lot of stuff going on right now getting into the best time of year for sports and we're also going to do a little bit of fall talk since i think next week we're officially going to be right on the edge of fall we have gotcha. 10 more days left of summer that's one of the best seasons of the year top four uh. <laughs> naturally <laughs> yeah. naturally one of the top four seasons that does not make sense <laughs> all right folks well go birds hopefully we take another one home in atlanta we'll all be watching tweeting it out from the jetro podcast account uh, we'll have this out for you guys. You'll be listening on Thursday. Go tennis balls. Big weekend series against the Sox and then another three against the Braves. You guys take it easy and have a good weekend. Enjoy football season.